Amen. I'm glad you made it to the house of the Lord. It's good to see my friends from Amity, Brother Vic, Sister Carla, Sister Donna. Amen. I'm glad y'all are here today. Amen. Y'all don't mess with me. That's my brother Billy right there. So y'all just, y'all settle down when I get to preaching. Amen. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 and 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. I want to preach. I've got a title and a subtitle because I couldn't figure out what to... I, I know what I feel. Amen. But I don't know how to say it right now. I want to preach, but if not, and then the subtitle would be Miracle Territory. Amen. But if not, Miracle Territory. Why don't you pray right now that the Holy Ghost would move on you today. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for every soul that's gathered here today. I pray that your blessing would be upon them, that your anointing would be upon this house, that it would move in this service. God, I pray that you would anoint me to preach your anointed word. God, hide me behind the cross. Help us today. Let your perfect will be completed. God, let us enter into the holiest of holies in this place. And we'll give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Amen. You can be seated. But if not, miracle territory. Everybody say, but if not. Amen. That's what I'm preaching today. But if not. The Bible says in Isaiah 55 and 8, God said, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. It's important for us to understand first and foremost that God don't think like you think. Amen. And God don't act like you act. Amen. His ways, His doings are not your ways and your doings. And the way that He thinks ain't the way that you think. He said, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. Now this is important. Because we understand things about God. And, and probably one of, the most, one of the most amazing understandings that we have about God is His ability to do anything. The Bible says, now unto Him that is able to do. Exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. God is able to do absolutely anything. He can do more than you can imagine. He can do more than you can think. He can do more than you can fathom. Amen. And, and, and so this, this encompasses a whole, a whole, I, I, just a ton of things. And we understand that God is a healer. He is able to heal. And we understand that when the doctor says that it's impossible, God can still change it. And we understand that God can provide and, and, and He can bless. And, and when the bank says no, God can still say yes. And we understand all of these things. We, well, glory. We understand when, when hell tries to come against you, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard. When hell tries to say no, God can still say yes. And... 
And so there are, there are so many things that we understand that God is able to do. And these are good understandings. The problem with this is when we apply what we know God is able to do in our mentality to the things that He doesn't do. We know God is able to heal, so why have I not got a healing yet? I'm a priest of the church today. Amen. He said, you got to understand, I don't think like you think. And we, we tend to, to apply our logic and our reason of what we know God is able to do to what we think He needs to do and He should do. And, and part of that is that we, we don't really believe or think that we should ever go through a trial because God is able to keep us from a trial. And, and we don't ever believe that, that, that maybe we should go through a sickness because God is able to heal. And, and this, is the, this is the problem of the prosperity gospel that so many people preach is, you know, you give and, and you do this and, and sow into the kingdom or whatever and your whole life is going to be good. And then things don't go good and, and we, we, get, we get flustered and confused because we know God is able to make it good. And yet at the time when we're walking through the situation, he's not making it good. And so something begins to happen. I, 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 well, I'll just tell you scripture. Jesus said, in this world, you shall have trouble. But don't be afraid. I overcame the world. Amen. We're just, we're going we're gonna to build. We're going to build for just a little while on what we started Wednesday night. Amen. And so we have, this, we have this idea in our mind that because God is able to do something, He should do it. And, and so when we walk through trials or when we walk through tribulations or when things don't go right in our life, if we're not careful, we can allow reason that exalteth itself against what we know about God. And, and we can allow that, that little voice of hell to, to sow confusion and... And, and discord in our minds because, you know, uh, apparently God has forsaken you because he's able to do this and he's not doing it. Lord, help us today. Lord, help us today. We have to understand that just because God is able to do something does not mean he is, he is morally responsible to do it. Amen. And you have to understand that even though you think you know best... God don't think like you think. And God actually knows best. Oh, Holy Ghost, help us today. Oh, Holy Ghost, help us. I feel the Holy Ghost already sweeping into this room. God is going to help somebody today. He's going he's gonna to rectify some things that hell has been trying to break down in your mind and get you confused and anxious and depressed and trodden down because we, we understand God is able to fix all these situations and yet we look around and there's so many things. It's like a battlefield and, and the bombs are going off and, and we just don't understand why God hasn't moved yet. God don't think like you think, but God knows best. Help us, Holy Ghost. Name of Jesus. Amen. And this is important because we know from, from, from everything that we know and what I preached Wednesday night that thoughts become actions. Amen. God said, I don't think like you think. And so I don't act like you act. That's right. 
Can I, can I add a little bit more to it? He don't act when you think he should act either. Amen. He may be planning on acting, just not planning on acting on your timeline. Let's, let's ask Mary and Martha about that. When Jesus comes four days after Lazarus dies. And let me tell you something about Jewish tradition and, and history. They believe that they believed that the spirit stays connected or, or, or close to the body for three days after a human dies. And so a resurrection within three days is not anything to a Jew. They believe, I mean, as the body without the spirit is dead, they believe the spirit gives the life of the body and that the spirit stays very close to the dead body for three days. And so it's nothing for, for the spirit to reconnect with the body within three days. And so when Jesus showed up on the fourth day, He showed up so far beyond their comprehension of what was possible. If if he had showed up on the first day, they'd have known he could do it. If he'd have showed up on the second day, they'd have known he could do it. If he'd have showed up on the third day, they'd have known he could do it. But when he showed up on day four, they said, Jesus, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. Amen. And God intended to act. He just didn't intend to act on their timeline. So he shows up on day four. And Mary comes to him. Lord, if you had been here, my brother hadn't died. He said, do you believe that he can rise again? Yeah. Now that we're past three days, he'll rise at the last day. Jesus said, let me tell you something. I am the resurrection and the life. Oh, God, I feel so much Holy Ghost in this house right now. God is, he's telling them. He's saying that there's some things in your understanding that need to change about God. You think that that it should have happened within three days, and if it didn't, then it won't happen until the last day. But I'm here to tell you, it ain't that spirit that gives him life. I am life, and I'm here now. Oh, Holy Ghost. Oh, Holy Ghost. And, And so he tells them. Same thing happens again with Martha. Lord, if you had been here, everything would have been all right. God, if you had just showed up earlier, everything would have been all right. And he's there, intending to perform a miracle. He's there, trying to fix the situation. But because he didn't do it in their timeline, he says, remove the stone. They say, no. He stinks by now. What is this? You've waited so long to act, God. That I don't even want to reveal the nastiness of the situation in, in, it, in its decay and decomposition. But God is there intending to act. God, help our minds today. Help our minds today. And, and, and so he says, remove the stone. They, oh, he stinks. He said, just remove the stone. <laughs> this is where we get the shortest scripture in the Bible. Jesus wept. 
I don't believe he was crying because he loved Lazarus. He had already cried over Lazarus some other time. And, and I don't believe he was crying because, you know, the, the, there was a funeral. He said when Lazarus died, I'm glad for your sakes. that it ta-. He wasn't sad that Lazarus was dead. He was sad that he was there intending to act. And they were so close-minded they couldn't even understand. The resurrection and the life is here. And he's intending to change this situation. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so there was a, there was a, almost a frustration against God, robed in flesh, because he didn't show up in time. Lord, help humanity. Amen. Because we can, we can, we can button our suit jacket and, and, and pin our hair just right and, and act like we've, you know, we've never done anything like that. You know, I can't believe that Mary and Martha would have said that to Jesus. I can't believe they'd have acted that way to Jesus. When, when the hypocritical us, as self-righteous as we are, has walked into the house of God when things weren't going right, and we sit there with our arms crossed, mad at the world, and mad at God, and mad at the preacher, and mad at the person across the pew, because God hasn't moved yet, and really we're doing the exact same thing. There's nothing new under the sun. We're doing the exact same thing that they were doing, still not understanding that God has the ability. you got to understand, it just takes one touch. It just takes one moment. Amen. So... So we have a problem that we create in our own minds and spirits where we know that God is able to do something and when He doesn't, confusion and chaos reign. And and I've seen very, very good people of God backslide over this right here. Where they knew that God was able to do something and because He had not at a certain point, whether, whether He intended to or not, I don't know. I don't know the will of God. For your life. It's, it's, it's hard enough to find it for mine. Amen. And, and so we, we, we just have to understand that, that just because God hasn't moved as of yet. Number one, it doesn't mean that, that He's not going to move. But most importantly, just because we feel like God hasn't shown up when we needed Him to the most. Doesn't mean that God has forsaken us. Amen. 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 And so I, I want to I preach today for just a few minutes what happens, what happens when you know God is going to move and He doesn't. Amen. How do you respond? How do you feel? What is your next step when you've come to what you feel like is the end of the road and you know without a shadow of a doubt that God is going to move? You believe, you know he's able. You believe he's going to. And he doesn't. What's your response? Amen. Daniel chapter 3. The Bible tells us that Nebuchadnezzar had built a golden image. He intended for everybody in, in his domain to worship this golden image. He gathers them all together in the plain. The Bible says, Then an herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people. Nations and languages 
that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Amen. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are, they are over the provinces of Babylon. They are, they are, it's, it's the king, Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel, and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they are there by the command of the king, I guess. Now, why? Because we know in, in, in this story, or, or, or we believe, that the, the ongoing question is, where was Daniel? I, I'm going to say, Brother Booker says, I'll, I'll tell you where Daniel was. He was wherever God wanted him to be. <laughs> that's, what, that, that's, that's Brother Booker's theology on where Daniel was. And, and I think it's a good one. He was exactly where God wanted him to be. And it wasn't mentioned in this story. Amen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are at this gathering. And all of a sudden, this herald stands up and begins to, to proclaim the instructions. And he said, to you it is commanded. Everybody say commanded. Yeah. It is commanded that when you hear all these kinds of music, you, you fall down and you worship this image that Nebuchadnezzar has made. And if you don't, in the same hour, you're going to be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Now, let's address some, some issues since like the modern era. Why is it in the apostolic church that if a job pressures you to compromise your morals... You feel like that's acceptable to God because it's your job. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were just doing their job. They were just there doing their job. And the postman said, hey, you're going to bow when you hear the music. And I've seen far too many apostolics. Bow when the herald says, you got to bow. Amen. Lord, help us. I'm, I'm going to help somebody today by the help of the Holy Ghost. He said, if you don't, I'm not just telling you you have to. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen to you if you don't. If you don't, you're not just going to lose your job. We're going to kill you. Amen. And so they start to play the music. Everybody heard the commandment. Everybody's heard it. Man, it got quiet when I started talking about people's jobs. Lord, help us today. Lord, help us today. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sack, but psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nations, and the languages fell down and worshipped the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. They blindly fell, followed. There's three boys. They're men at this point. They're not boys. Three men are just standing there. Looking at everybody on their faces. As the music's playing. And apparently the Chaldeans that had fallen on their face were looking around. Because they saw these guys standing there. Amen. 
We could preach about not looking around while you're praying and stuff, but anyway. They were on their faces worshiping the image, and apparently they're looking at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they see that these men aren't, aren't bowing. So they go to Nebuchadnezzar, and they say, hey, listen, you said that everybody had to bow, and, and when they started the music, these three didn't bow. And so the Bible says, then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury. Everybody say rage and fury. In rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods nor worship the golden image which I have set up? He said, Did you really defy this commandment? Now, Nebuchadnezzar is the most powerful man in the entire world at this time. And he, he asked them this question. Then he says, Now if you be ready... That at what time you hear the sound, cornet, flute, harp, sack, but psaltery and dulcimer and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I made. Well, in other words, I'm going to give you another chance. And if you're obedient, good. He said, but if not, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who, everybody say who, who is that God that shall deliver you? Out of my hands. He said I gave you a chance. And you didn't do it. So I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. If when they start the music. You fall down and worship. We'll be good. If they start it and you don't. He said I'm going to throw you. Into a fiery furnace. And he said and who. What God. Is going to help you. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Now, in, in, the, in the King James Version, the, the connotation is that they were not going to walk softly as they answered. I read a bunch of other translations of this same scripture and statement here, and, and the majority of other translations... And I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but the majority of other translations literally phrase it like, we don't even have to answer you. Amen. God help us. We don't even have to, we don't even have to answer to you about who and what we're going to worship. We don't have to explain ourselves to you. We're going to do what God says. We're not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, everybody say, if it be so. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able. Everybody say able. able. He is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And He will. Everybody say He will. He will deliver us out of your hand, O King. Amen. Lord, help us. Now let's break this down just a little bit. The word from is a preposition. And it is defined by what it indicates in any given instance. And if you look it up on a dictionary, it'll tell you really cool things like it's used as a function word to indicate physical separation or an act or condition of removal, abstention, exclusion, release, subtraction, or differentiation. Which is exactly how this word is being used. They said, the God that we serve is able 
to deliver us from the furnace. They are saying, God can keep us from being thrown into the furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But then verse 18 has a statement that I wish would get in the crawl of every apostolic in 2023. They said, but if not. Oh, God, help us today, Lord. God, help us today, Lord. Help us today, God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, we know that God is able to keep us from the furnace. But if he doesn't, you need to know, I'm still not going to serve your gods, Nebuchadnezzar. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why is this so important? This is this, this, but if not, it is not a statement of doubt. It is not a statement of unbelief. It is a statement of absolute determination that I am still going to serve God come hell or high water. I don't care what you try to do to me if God is able to preserve me. But if he doesn't, I'm still not going to compromise. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. God help us. God help us. God help us today. Amen. Let's get back to people's jobs. Amen. I, I know a guy, and, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting into a bunch of stuff about COVID, but I know a guy that refused to take a medicine and, and he lost his job over it. Amen. God bless him. Why? Because he believes something. And he said, I don't care if it costs me. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to compromise what I believe and what I feel for what you're telling me to do. I don't care. And he had a really good job. Amen. He was an actuary for one of the most sought-after employers in the state of Arkansas. He had a really, really good job. But there's got to get something in your system that's, you know what? God is able to preserve me. But if he doesn't, if God doesn't, if God doesn't, I'm still not going to compromise. Help us right now, God. Help us right now. You see, the important thing is that they, they are saying God can keep us from being thrown into the furnace. But if God doesn't, I'm still not going to worship your God. What does that mean? They said, I believe this enough to die for it. And I'm not going to compromise just because there's a threat of a furnace. And even, even, God, help me right now, Lord. The understanding of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was that God, you hear me, that God would deliver them from the furnace. In their mind, they never intended to go into the furnace. Why? Because God's able to keep me from it. So what happens when God doesn't? You know, I've always, I've always been under the understanding. You can be seated. I've always been under the understanding because, because they talk about this second chance. That the music played again and they didn't bow the second time. That didn't happen. Nebuchadnezzar got so mad at their answer, he never gave them another chance. They only didn't bow one time. 
The music only played one time. They got, Nebuchadnezzar got so mad at their answer that he instantly, it, the, the Bible says the form of his visage was changed. His face was literally contorted with rage. And he said, you heat the furnace one seven times hotter. I don't know if that's seven times hotter, 17 times hotter. I don't know. One seven times hotter is what the Bible says. Amen. The fire is so hot that they bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. And the men that are throwing them into the furnace die from the heat. Amen. Now, why is this so important? Because I, I would contend that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thoroughly thought that God would keep them from ever having to go that far. They said, God is able to deliver us from the furnace. The understanding was that he is going to keep us away from that. Because he's able to. And he will deliver us out of your hand. Amen. And then they get bound. And thrown in the furnace. Did you know when they got thrown into the furnace? God help me to preach this right now. The Bible says... The Nebuchadnezzar looks into the furnace and he said, did we not throw three men in there? They said, yeah, we did. He said, I see four. And one of them looks like the Son of God. He said, I see them. The Bible uses the word either standing or walking in the furnace. You know what that tells me? They weren't curled up in fetal position, depressed, because God allowed them to go into the furnace. God. They didn't curl up and, oh, God, I can't believe you allowed me to come to this point. I just knew you were going to deliver me. No, they stood and told Nebuchadnezzar, I'm still not going to bow. He threw them in the furnace. They kept on standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, help us right now. The beauty of this is that their understanding was that God will deliver us from the furnace. What they didn't realize when they were being bound, and, and, and I believe they kept the right spirit and mentality. Because a lot of times when we stand against Nebuchadnezzar and then bondage comes, the ropes are put on and the furnace, the, the fire's getting hotter and you can feel the pressure. A lot of times it starts to shift your mindset. And, and, and you feel like God has forsaken you and that God has let you down because you knew he was going to deliver you from the furnace. And now he hasn't. And so you sat. And this is a lot of times when people either, either backslide or compromise to the pressure of the furnace. But these men said, you know what? If God chooses not to, I'm still not going to worship your God. Now, now you, you. So Ephesians 3, now in him that is able. Everybody say able. God is able to do. He's able to. What scripture do you have when he doesn't? My thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither 
or your ways my ways. I don't think like you think. I don't act like you act. You see, when a lot of us would be feeling forsaken, downcast, we would start compromising when we felt the heat. Because we believed that God was going to save us from the furnace. We didn't realize God was actually going to deliver us through the furnace. Because He don't have to keep you out of the fire. God, help me to preach this right now. God, help me to preach this right now. God don't have to keep you out of the fire to save you. He can keep you in the fire. And He can keep you through the fire. God, He don't have to show up on day one, two, and three. He can show up on four, seven, or ten. You see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if they had been delivered from the furnace, it had just saved the three of them. But instead, God delivered them through the furnace. And at the end of the story, they had had an experience with God. Nebuchadnezzar got the revelation, and the kingdom ended up serving God. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Name of Jesus. Just because he doesn't deliver you from, don't mean he ain't going to deliver you. I'm here to contend that this but if not is miracle territory. I'm telling you, I've got scripture for it, and I intend to preach this this morning. It's not just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You, you look at the story of Daniel. God could have delivered Daniel from the den of lions. He didn't. He delivered him through the den of lions. <laughs> I believe we're about to have a Holy Ghost fit in this house right now. You, you look at the story of the unjust judge. The woman come knowing he is able to avenge me and my adversary. But what happens if he don't? I'll be back tomorrow asking again. God, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to throw in the towel. But if not, it's miracle territory. God, help us. Paul and Silas, you think God could have delivered them from the cat of nine tails and could have delivered them from the prison, from the deepest court of the prison, from the shackles? You think he could have kept them from it? Absolutely he could have kept them from it. But we don't find them in the bottom of the prison, sulking, pouting, crying, mad at God. The Bible says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praise. Why? Because God don't have to deliver. 
would just let the Holy Ghost flow on you for a second. In the name of Jesus, somebody needs to obey the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the... Hallelujah. Every single time that God didn't deliver from, but he delivered through, it ended up not just being the people that were involved in the from. you got to understand God don't think like you think. And when you want yourself saved, He can do it. But you'll be the only one saved. But the way God's thinking is, you know what? The Chaldeans are watching right now. Some of them are probably watching online right now. And they, they want to see you die in the furnace. And you know what? If God never let you go to the furnace, the Chaldeans would always be like, well, they got a free pass. But when God lets you go into the furnace, and then he's there with you, and he brings you out of the furnace, they don't believe they got a free pass. They're like, they got a great God. Woo! Hallelujah. 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 I would contend that that if God allows you to go through the furnace, he teaches other people something about himself. He teaches other people something about you, and he teaches you something about him. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Do you think that God could have kept Peter and John from being beaten by the magistrates? Do you think he could have kept Peter from being thrown in prison? Yeah, he, he was able to. But if not, Oh, geez, I wish somebody would get this into your spirit this morning. But if not, but if not, it's, it's not unbelief that says, but if not. It's absolute determination that says, but if not. And, and I believe there's something that activates in the spirit of God when you say, you know what? God don't have to answer it the way I want him to. And if he don't, I'm still going to be at church tonight. I'm not just going to be at church tonight. I'm going to be at church tonight at 530 when prayer meeting starts. I'm going to be there with a smile on my face and a worship in my spirit, a praise on my lips. Why? Because buddy, if not, it's miracle territory. I want to take this just a little bit further. Do you believe that God could have saved Joseph from the pit that his brothers threw him in? 
Do you believe that God could have saved Joseph from the event in Potiphar's house? Do you believe that God could have saved Joseph from the prison? (laughs) I contend God delivered him through the pit, through Potiphar, through the prison. Why? Because he needed to be at the top of the food chain to save everybody else in the nation. name of Jesus. God, help us. Every time that God does not save you from, but He saves you through, He's saving other people along with you. The name of Jesus. you believe that God could have saved John from the vat of boiling oil? Do you believe that God could have saved John from exile on the Isle of Patmos? You know what John did? He got boiled in oil. He got thrown on an island by himself. And when every apostolic in the building would have been in fetal position, mad at God about everything that God allowed to happen to them, John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. (laughs) I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard, as it were, a voice of many waters behind me. And by that, we have the book of Revelation. Because God don't have to save from... God can save through. In the name of Jesus, stand together. Jesus. Amen. There are people here. I'm telling you. You've been dealing with situations that you wish to God He would keep you from. I'm here to preach to you. It's time to submit to Him keeping you through. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, it's not just about you. God wants to save somebody else. He's going to save you too, but He wants to save somebody else through what they see you go through. God help us. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown into the furnace. Their captors die at the furnace. The ropes burn in the furnace. Captors in captivity gone through the furnace. Do you believe that God could have kept Pharaoh from chasing the children of Israel? Absolutely, he could have. But Pharaoh would have still been alive at the end of the day. He said, I'm not going to save you from him or from the water. I'm going to save you through the water. Paul and Silas, when they found themselves in the deepest court of the prison, shackled hand and feet. The Bible says they prayed and sang praises. And the prisoners heard them.
they didn't curl up in a corner. God, why did you allow this to happen to me, Lord? God, I don't understand why I'm here right now. But I'll tell you something that I do understand. I understand that but if not is miracle territory. And so just because God didn't deliver me from this prison don't mean I'm going to quit praying and quit singing praises. Because God can still deliver me through this prison. (laughs) And he not only delivered them through the prison. The Bible says there was an earthquake. And everyone's bands were loosed. God can absolutely use you. We... We just want it to be, you know, in financial blessing and pulpit ministry. (laughs) He used Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through a furnace to save a whole nation. He used Paul and Silas in a prison to save a whole prison house. He used Joseph in a pit, in a house, in a prison to save the whole world. Come on, you need to get it in your mind that come what may, God's able, but if not, but if not, but if not. Come on, somebody respond to the Holy Ghost right now. Come on, you need to get some but if not in your system. Hallelujah. Come on, come on, come on, let it flow. Let it flow. (laughs) Come on, let it flow. Let it flow. Let it flow. Go, I know God can, but if he don't, I'm still going to be here. Come on. Come on, let the Holy Ghost work on you right now. Let the Holy Ghost work on you right now. Come on, you can receive a miracle this morning. You can receive a miracle this morning. Come on. Come on, let it flow. Let it flow. Come on, get some grit in your system. I'm still going to be here. I'm still going to be here. I'm still not going to compromise. I'm still not going to bow. 